Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Happy New Year and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Scouts. Chris, it is the week after New Year's. Everybody's back to work now. Everybody's enjoying the first few days of the new year. Well, I'm back at work. Are you? I'm here. Are you, you, you're working? How, how do you think I'm? You're, you're hearing my voice, Chris. Okay, mean? I'm just making sure. So the first question should be, did you make any New Year's resolutions, Mr. Gouts? for 2020? Uh, I'm not a big resolution guy. Grow more hair is always my yeah. one in my annual one. My goal was to grow more hair and fewer chins. I think that was my... <laughs> Good luck with that, buddy. That was a personal goal. Work goals. Uh, we've, we've got so much going on. We do. Just tr- trying to get it all done. In my resolution, I'm sure you want to know, you're dying to know. I right? am dying it to is, know, which is, is why I am. Is to have Chris Gouts be nicer to me in, in 2020. That's, <laughs> oh, man. So that's my resolution. You shouldn't make your resolutions that aren't based on things you can control. <laughs> well, I'm, I guess it's... Uh, I'm hoping that Chris Gouts will be nicer to me in 2020. <laughs> get a central degree. We'll see. But it is But it is a new year. You know, we, we welcome everybody back to work or, you know, people who... Uh, uh, who, who had to work for the holidays, you know, we thank you for, for making a difference Absolutely. Di- dur- during that time and away from family. So we, we always appreciate that. And, you know, we hope 2020 brings a lot of good things for you and your family and friends uh, in the next year. I know we have a lot of things going on in the department that we're, I think we're going to talk about right now, are we, Chris, that we're going to look forward to in 2020. Kind of this podcast is going to be centered around a look ahead, right? Yeah, look ahead, things happening in 2020. And obviously, there's a lot of things going on in FOA and CFA. And so we'll there's start with things going on in FOA, Chris. Always. Uh, well, there's Lots a, of big things. There's always. a lot more things going on in CFA. I was told <laughs> to give CFA a bigger shout out because you talk too much about FOA. So, hey, look, if I knew as much as I did about FOA, then I would. But I'm an FOA guy, you know, so yeah. I, I can well, talk I'm not, I'm not either. So I, I guess I have to carry the mantle of CFA uh, and BOA, I guess. So on the CFA side, obviously, one of the big things that's going to be happening uh, sooner rather than later is the opening of the, the vocational village at the women's prison. So we're really excited about that. We had a little bit of a setback due to all the things happening with the budget, but we're ready to get rolling. We're in the process of hiring teachers and purchasing the equipment. So there's a lot of stuff happening in that regard that we're really excited about and getting that ramped up. Hopefully by late winter, early spring, March, you know, April timeframe, hopefully we'll be ready to be fully operational and have everything going. And that's going to be good news for the facility and for the the women there and, and the staff as well because we know that when we've had the villages operate at other facilities it helps bring down the rate of instances um, tickets disturbance all those kind of things go down because they're so focused and they're really fortunate for the, the opportunity that they have so that's really exciting there at, at the women's huron valley at MTU, there's going to be some exciting things coming up. One we can't talk about just yet, but know that it's in the pipeline. It's going to be very exciting. That will wait, wait, I got to know now. Okay, come on, that'll yeah, be likely yeah, be announced this year. Can't but tease that. One thing that we can announce that's going to happen at MTU that we have been talking about in the past is that in May we are going to have the first group of bachelor degree uh, award recipients uh, from the Calvin Prison Initiative. We've been going to these graduations for the last three or four years, and a lot of associate's degrees have been awarded, mm-hmm. and just had some amazing. Uh, stories and graduations and have the family there in the gymnasium with the president of the institution there and, and all the board of trustee members. But this year is going to be a huge, huge celebration when we have the first group of bachelor's degrees well, and super excited about that. And you know, I, and that's awesome. And But I think you should also talk about, there's some thought out there of, you know, why would we allow prisoners to get bachelor's degrees when, you know, there's, there's kids out here who can't um, go to college. And so you probably should talk about why that's important and kind of how that's happening. Yeah, I mean, we, we've said it a number of times uh, on the podcast, but the simple way to think about it is 
who would you rather have living next to you or your your, your children uh, out there in the world? Somebody who left prison, who didn't learn anything, who just sat in a cell and lifted weights all day, probably got and worse. did nothing, and get, probably got worse, yeah. learned how to be a better criminal? Or would you rather have somebody who has a college degree living next to you that has a job uh, and, and supporting their family? I mean, that's the big thing. But two, it's not, this isn't a, a binary choice. It's not a zero-sum game. Just because somebody in prison gets a college degree doesn't mean that you can't get a college degree too. And these are individuals who likely, who have never had an opportunity, never had a chance, didn't have parents at home providing for them and um, and, and we're, we're trying to change this is what we do we're in the Department of Corrections we're correcting their behavior we're changing their lives for the better so that they don't go out and when, when they leave us commit more crimes create more victims harm more communities more families that's the whole point of what we do uh, and this is one way to do it and this is all being done without taxpayer funding this is all being funded by some really really generous benefactors uh, from Calvin who uh, have done amazing things there and for those who haven't seen it there's some uh, there's some small videos and documentaries that, that people have done about this Calvin program that you can go and look at and see uh, and see how it's changing the lives of these individuals and these are also largely people who actually aren't going to be getting out uh, which is also unique to this and people might think that that's a little weird but point is is they're going to be getting these degrees these lifers and then they're going to go out and they're going to become change makers at other institutions and help to calm those populations which is going to help our staff at those facilities when these individuals go out and they're able to be that calming influence and when they see individuals maybe start to fight or get into an argument they've been trained and have you know bachelor degree in conflict resolution and theology and things like that where they can talk and bring down the tensions in in, in some of our prisons and it's going to really help uh, and so it's going to have a real calming influence influence for years to come um, at a number of our facilities and our, our staff and the other prisoners there can be very thankful for those who have funded that program. So yeah. uh, super positive all the way around. Yeah. And, you know, the, the director said, we, we've said it a million times on the podcast, but you know, incarceration is short-term public safety and offender success is long-term public safety. So we got to keep that in mind when we, when we talk about these programs. There's also going to be some, at least expected to be, a number of new program launches at other facilities outside of just vocational village prisons. So look forward to that. Um, that's going to be hopefully coming in 2020. Obviously, we're going to be continuing to hire hundreds and hundreds of new corrections officers and uh, we've got a new class that's going to be graduating in a couple months and then every quarter after that so we're looking really looking forward to doing that and then also you know director washington talked about this in an interview she did with gang reduce service which if you haven't read it you know all obviously all state employees have the ability to uh, subscribe to gangware for free so maybe for a new state employee if you didn't know that go out there and subscribe to gangware you can get that for free it's a subscriber only publication and it can be very expensive if you're not a state employee or um, something like that but it's incredibly good information and I yeah. used to work there. So well, yeah, you, a little bit of a plug there's, for a, there's a conflict here, but uh, not not <laughs> having worked at Gong where it is, it keeps you super informed on what's going on in the state government and, and yeah. just th- things across the state. So it's it's super um, helpful if you want to stay up to date on what's going around Michigan. Yeah, and the, and the director did an interview for kind of the year end interview a couple of weeks ago and talked about some of the technology that's coming for both staff and for prisoners. And the stuff for staff is probably going to end up happening sooner than than the piece that was talked about for for prisoners. But for staff, it really makes a lot of sense where we're going to try to get more. And it, part of this is going to be wrapped into comms, but there's going to be some opportunities. So like, say for the director uses example of maintenance, you know, they're out in their maintenance garage and they get a call that there's a broken window. So they have to go into the facility. They have to go through the gate, get checked, go in, see that there's a broken window, measure it all out, write down the on, on paper what they need to do with their order form, go back out through the, the gates, get checked again, and then go back to their maintenance garage, fill out the form type it in the computer, you know, get it. Now they can just go in with their with a tablet, hopefully down the road. They can make the order right from there because they'll have, it'll be Wi-Fi enabled. They can make the order and be done. They'll save so much time. And then while they're there, maybe they could do another task and, and they'll be much more productive and they'll be able to get them a lot more done. So that's one example of things that we're trying to do for staff to help them be more productive uh, and just to, and to not be wasting time. And so really something that we're, we're looking forward to. 
back to education real quick Pell expansion is likely going to be coming in 2020 that's another really exciting thing we're going back to the college piece uh, we don't have all the names yet but we know that we had a number of new colleges and universities that signed up to be partners so with the Pell college expansion we're going to hopefully have some new partners other than uh, Jackson College and Mott and, and there's some, some others that have been doing it so that's that's going to be really nice we're also going to be talking more about this as we talk about the strategic plan, but uh, we're going to be working to become a trauma-informed department. Something we've talked about on the podcast before is uh, the MAT uh, rollout. That's going to be going forward as well. So. Yeah, you know, I, Chris, you know, speaking of strategic plan, you know, I looked at that before we started taping, and I counted. I mean, there's a lot in 2020 that we have to yeah, there are get, a lot. get working on. But there's three really, really big ones that um, I, I think we should highlight. One being we have to establish a coaching model. And, you know, that's super important for us to talk about it. And if you haven't, go back and listen to the Brian Lovins episodes. Yep, I was just going to say, go back. Brian Lovins has been on a couple times, and he's talked about um, this coaching versus referee model. And when you hear him talk about it, it totally makes sense. Really gets at what we do in this job. And it's really uh, being a coach. And, you know, you can still hold people accountable, but, you know, they're on your team. You want to make them successful. So uh, I urge everyone to uh, go back and listen to that Brian Lovins podcast because it is very, very good. And the second one is Matt. You talked about that. You know, Matt is medication-assisted treatment. Uh, so for people who suffer from an opioid use disorder, it can be a long-term disability and, and, and disease that is hard to overcome. And, you know, with the use of Matt, which is methadone, you know, Suboxone, or Vivitrol, along with treatment, none of this stuff alone works. So you have to do it in conjunction with treatment. But, you know, using that, we'll have a better chance of, of helping people really get past this really terrible addiction. And um, I'm looking forward to the next year where we roll that out department-wide. The other one was the trauma-informed. So those are the three, which, which it's funny you say those, Chris, those are the three that I had highlighted too that are huge, huge for us. And um, it's going to be a very, very difficult year trying to roll all this out. It can be a lot of work for a lot of people, but it's super important and it's super impactful and I'm glad we're, we're doing this stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, speaking of those are the things that are coming up and we're obviously, we're going to be talking about this uh, in the weeks ahead in terms of the strategic plan and the progress report that's all going to be coming out hopefully in the next couple of weeks for all staff to see in terms of what happened in 2019 with the strategic plan. But a couple of the ones that are going to be affecting staff and the people are going to notice, there's going to be changes to the discipline process. There's going to be some changes to the PRUS, uh, I'm sorry, the PCARUS positions, and then also the, our use of segregation. Uh, we opened up a new start program at Marquette along with the ones we already had at ICF and Oaks. And so those are some changes that, that are happening and we're going to get into more detail with them as, as they progress. But we just wanted people to be aware that that's at least, you know, happening down the road. And then, you know, obviously, well, we're starting to venture into FOA territory. But it's about time. Of, yeah. Well, you guys have a couple of things going on. <laughs> but uh, one of the things is that, um, you know, people may have noticed or remembered hearing about the medically frail parole legislation that came out, I think it was last year now. And we're going to start to see hopefully our first medically frail paroles happening uh, this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. I've had some reporters being asking me about that. And we've identified uh, some that are eligible for that program and then we're going to start working through that process with this new legislation this new law i know you want to talk about some of the other fwa things that i had to remind you about before we started <laughs> yeah. uh well you know before we get to fwa stuff well i guess this is this is a department-wide thing but you know we're huge in special olympics right we get awards every year for raising just a ton of money for special olympics we have staff that are heavily involved in, in organizing and, and being part of and going to events and it's really, it's really cool. I mean, I, I know we, we're, Special Olympics always recognizes the Department of Corrections as a leader in, in this area. So it's polar plunge season, Chris. You know, I, I know a lot of our staff participate in polar plunges. They raise a lot of money. You know, Kent County, the two offices there, in Kent yeah. County, I mean, they raise thousands of Best dollars. Best outfits, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, they, they do. They, they have some really good outfits. I'm looking forward this year to see what they pull off. I, I know, you know, my wife is, is heavily involved in polar plunges and Special Olympics, and her, her, outfits are okay. her group has, uh, this year, th- th- their outfits are going to be funny. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a great time of the year, and I, and I know our staff really take pride in raising money for this this awesome event. You know, I, I just want to give a huge shout out to everybody. And if you want to participate and you have it in the past, there's lots of opportunity. You can just go to, to the website and, and, and look to see what the, when the events are, where they are, how to donate, how to how to start doing this. And, you know, what, what we do is, is hugely important, and um, I, you know, it's good that staff are involved in this. Yeah, and sometimes I wish, selfishly, that maybe so many of our staff didn't participate because I have a lot of people that I'm supposed they to want, be donating they make to their you, pages. They make you try to do it? <laughs> they want me to know. They, well, they do that. That's not going to happen. But uh, <laughs> they want me to donate to their pages, and so I'm going to have to shell out some money to uh, donate to everybody that uh, – that's going to be jumping because I, I definitely respect their ability to do for that. Sure. Abs- absolutely. Do absolutely. The, the straps are covered by my wife. She takes care of it for us all. <laughs> so thanks everybody who's involved in that. I, I don't know where, if you have any FOA stuff that you want to get into, Chris. I have a few things, but uh, uh, one being the workload analysis that FOA is doing this year. That's It's going to be hugely important for us moving forward because in, in the past, we've done workload studies where somebody will sit down with an agent or the agent will clock their time. They'll basically say, you know, I, I did this thing and it took me this much time. And then the organization that, that we choose puts it together and says, they give us a workload study. This workload analysis is going to be a little bit different. It will have that component to it where it will measure the work that agents do and how much time it does take them, but it's going to go even further. I think this is the, this is the huge benefit to us. So so the council of uh, state governments is CSG is, is doing this analysis. They've subcontracted with APPA, which we've had them on the podcast. That's the American Probation and Parole Association, who's doing the workload study. Aside from um, the actual workload study where this much time for this, for this event, they're going to look at what we're doing and say, is what we're doing adding value to our job? And if it's not, maybe we should stop doing that. Maybe that's taking too much of the agent's time and it's adding zero value. So maybe we need to stop doing that and then look at things we're doing that's evidence-based and adding value uh, and maybe create policies around those things to do them more. So it's not just going to be the typical workload study. It will have that component to it, but it's going to take a really, really deep dive into what agents are doing and what's adding value. What's Is it a waste of their time to keep doing this and do more of the things that are adding value? So I, I'm looking forward to the results of that study. It's, yeah, it's it sounds be, like, be cool. and obviously I've not been an agent, but it sounds like based on the study that it might not be what people might naturally think that Correct. it's about how quickly you can do something. It might be that they find that the outcomes are for those who take longer and do like the carry guides, that it might take longer, but the outcome is better. And so it actually might be more value to do a longer visit rather than do the quick, you know, any yeah. police contact and those kind of things. And get and rid of you, and get rid of the stuff that that's take, that's taking more time to, right. and adding zero value. So get rid of that stuff in policy and procedure. That don't don't do that stuff anymore. Right. And do more of the stuff that you're saying. Yeah, exactly. That's very interesting. You know, I'm looking forward to that in the next year. And there's there's huge changes for the department as it relates to substance abuse treatment. And I know you want to talk about this a little bit too, Chris. But the normal way that we have typically referred people for substance abuse treatment in the field is we we contract with you know all these different providers we refer people based on um, who they are the, you know the k-pups of the world and every community has some some providers we never really use medicaid dollars people have have medicaid insurance and treatment is covered under under their insurance but we, you know we have historically also contracted with people and we're, we're moving away from that we're going to contract with dhhs and the local 10 phps who basically run the healthy michigan medicaid process for michigan so we're contracting with them and it's going to be a little different now i mean it opens up treatment for anybody historically you're in probation you kind of go through the county and, and go through the occ route and in parole we went through the department route so it was very it was it wasn't standardized it was very different um, now it'll all be if you have insurance you're going to get treatment through your insurance, and, and we're going to contract with the PIHPs to get that done. So it's going to be a little different process, but it'll be a much better process. It's going to open up treatment for everybody. It's going to open up a lot more options for people like recovery coaches and, and MAT and a lot of other things that we obviously didn't didn't have in our in our bundle of, of services. So um, it's it's going to be it's going to be very good. And it should it should roll out this this spring. 
I know there'll be some um, information being passed out very soon because this has to get planned and rolled out here in the very near future. So look forward to that. I just want to make everybody aware that that's coming and it's going to change some processes, but it's going to be much, much better services for, for the offenders that we supervise. And I'll, I'll steal uh, your FOA line for just a minute to talk about some of the legislation that changed uh, or that's going to be changing new laws. They're going to be a surrounding FOA. One of those that we've we've talked about many times, and I've certainly talked about a thousand times in the media, is tethers. And that was a big sticking point uh, in the budget and in the supplemental. Um, but I just received word uh, last week that the new tethers have been ordered. So that's in the process. Those are in the process of coming. And so in the next months, there's going to be a lot of agents and a lot of staff bringing those people in, over 4,000 individuals from around the state putting the new tethers on, getting them synced up and ready to go. Good to know that that's done and we're not going to be waiting around this time, you know, next year, wondering if we were yeah. going to get the money and whether or not the signal was going to go dead on yeah, the 3G. I don't think we don't have much option here. We got to we we either, yeah, either so swap it out or they're going to turn them off. Yeah, and then another one that's been out there for quite a, quite a while that's going to affect FOA is the flat supervision fees. And so, again, relating to, mon- you know, electronic monitoring. And so now instead of this, you know, varied structure in terms of what people owe based mm-hmm. on... What, um, on what kind of supervision they're on or electronic supervision. It's going to be a flat flat rate. And so starting in March, I believe it is, they'll go down to $30 a month for uh, regular supervision and $60 a month for electronic monitoring. So it's $1 a day versus $2 a day of monitoring. Right. So it's very simple, very easy to understand. And even though it's lower in a lot of cases than what maybe we had been charging, a lot of people weren't able to pay that amount. And so really it wasn't doing us any good. And so right. when we looked at other states, and we've talked about this before, but when we looked at other states that did this, they found that when they actually lowered their rates, which is what we're doing here, they actually had a higher rate of return and more income coming in because people could actually afford it and could pay it. I think we'll see a lot fewer write-offs and a lot of people, because we don't want to put people in collections, ruin their credit when we're trying. Our, our, our criminal goal, debt is what we're putting. Yeah, this yeah. And our whole goal is to try to get them set up for success. And if, and if we're putting these large fees on them that they can't, we know they can't pay, you know, we're doing harm to them as well. Yeah. So this is going to be really helpful. I and think. it's important to say that this is aside from restitution. If, if somebody owes restitution, right. that's that's separate from what right. we're talking about. You know, restitution, some, something owed to a victim. We're not talking about restitution. We're talking about only fees that the Department of Corrections puts on somebody to supervise you or to monitor you on, on electronic monitoring. So I think it will be good. I think it'll be good all around. It'll be good for the offenders who, who should be able to pay more and um, us to collect a little more. This year, Chris, FOA is going to roll out comms. I know we've t- had many episodes where CFA and food service and healthcare have already started rolling out comms, and FOA has just waited patiently. This is our year, so I'm, I'm very excited. The, the parole board's up next, and then uh, and then FOA as a whole is after them. I know there's a lot of efficiencies that we're going to see in FOA when we talk about Omni versus comms. There's lots of steps in Omni that you have to take. There's 20-some clicks for a drug test in Omni. That's I was just going to say, I remember test. one of our first field offices, somebody said there's, they knew exactly how many clicks yeah. it took to do each task. And, it's, was, and, it's, and it depends on how many drugs you test and if they're positive or negative. And um, it all adds the clicks and it all adds time. And right. time is very, very precious to a field agent. You know, you're going to see a lot of efficiencies in comms. You're going to, in parole, where you have multiple violation reports if somebody violates. You have a, you know, a 110 report, a 226, and FOA people know what I'm talking about. That'll all be combined into one, um, which will be very, very nice. The transfer process will be streamlined. There's a lot of efficiencies that I think staff are really, really, really going to like, and I can't wait uh, to get this going in 2020. And then uh, something that we've had the Chief Justice on to talk about and the Lieutenant Governor is oh, yeah. the, is their jail task force report. And now, while the results um, haven't been uh, rolled out yet, I think they're coming in, in mid to late January. We're going to hear what their results are from what all the work that they've done. And, and we've been involved in, in some of those discussions and some of those committees. I think Warren mm-hmm. Wilson, uh, ADD, is, has been kind of our point person on yep. that. And so once we hear what those discussions are, we'll see what happens in 2020. Uh, if any of those turn into new policies or new, new laws that, that might affect us, 
us. And so we'll, we'll be kind of monitoring that to see what comes up. But we're interested to see, you know, what this group has uh, come up with. So that's something to keep an eye on in 2020. And then I don't know if you have anything else, but I got a couple uh, save the date reminders. And that is for Employee Rec Day. Rec Day, always, yes. So that is June 26th. It's going to be at Royal Scott here in Lansing. So for, for a lot of the folks, all the trolls below the bridge, but also for those who want to come down uh, from the UP can do that. And, and watch then, Chris, Chris Gout's golf, try to golf. You can, you can watch me try to golf. That's right. Yeah. September 18th, for everybody that wants to head over the bridge or for all those in the UP, that's going to be back at Bay Mills in the UP on September 18th. So that's going to be very exciting. And I think I might be able to be up there for, for that one because there's going to be another conference that's going to be right around that same time. And the last time we had it at Mackinac Island with the Correctional Leaders Association, it used to be ASCA. Yeah. Uh, they're having their Midwest Conference again uh, here in Michigan. So they were so, I don't know if it was the setting being on in Mackinac Island or if it was more about the presentations that, that you and I did that, that was like, we need to come back and we need to hear from these guys again. I don't it, know which it one it was. definitely the first one you said. I think it's probably. It nothing to do with our presentations, yeah. Probably. I'm surprised they actually asked to come back after, after <laughs> seeing those. But uh, uh, yeah, was, yeah, it's uh, very exciting. It's, it's very, very exciting. Because so, it shows that Michigan, people want to hear about what's happening in Michigan and learn from us and, you know, sit on the Grand Porch. Uh, hotel. Yeah, that's a pretty good view. That's, that's a nice a view. view. So, so. That, that has some draws. I think it really, but it really does say a lot about Michigan and what we're doing as a department uh, that other states want to come here and learn about us. Yeah. And so we're excited to host again. And hopefully the, the Employee Rec Day um, in the UP will have some better weather. I know last year was a little a little rainy. I know people still went out and golfed and still had a lot of fun. But hopefully we can get some sunny weather up there and, uh, you know, let, let staff really enjoy the day and, and the company and networking and, and just meeting some really awesome DOC employees. So. Yeah, good stuff. And yeah. the next year, we're, it's going to be very busy. It's a very busy year. And then, obviously, another some other save-the-date things are later this month, we'll have the State of the State Address. That's right. And then early February, we'll have the uh, budget rollout. Budget, and yes. So, obviously, those are going to be two big things. Budget, maybe usually more so than State of the State. Sometimes we get mentioned, sometimes we don't. We're a big state, so we know we don't always get mentioned in the State of the State. But with the budget, there's a lot of a lot of things happening in our budget this year that people are going to be very interested in and keep an eye on. And so, I'm sure once that comes out, we'll have Kyle or somebody on to come and kind of break it all down for us and explain uh, what it means. But uh, I think this is going to be a big budget year for us, for all of our staff to really keep an eye on. Uh, so that's something for, for 2020. You know, that's everything that's going on in the department that at least I could think of. I'm sure we missed some well, things. I'm sure we missed it up. And if we have, uh, let us we'll be the first. It. We apologize. If well, we, we and, missed and, your area. and let us know because we want to, <laughs> yes. we want to highlight those. We, we, we definitely touch back up. But for the podcast, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be any changes coming up for us, but I, I would like Are to you going to fire me. <laughs> well, I don't know. if I had that power, thank but God, thank God you don't. But if there are any changes that, you know, we, we've, we've got some new listeners. Uh, thanks to a really, really nice shout out in our Detroit magazine. We saw our numbers uh, jump up after that. I don't know if it was just because of our, our natural, you know, uh, rapier wit that uh, maybe people are finally done yeah, it on to, or if that. it's, or if it's, <laughs> it's just, not that, guys. or maybe it's the mention in the magazine. I don't know, but it was very, very nice. Or we had just say. some really, really cool guests on that people want to hear about. I mean, the, the, the could, wellness podcast where we're, we're yeah, the, we had a lot of very, very, very well listened to. Well, and, uh, well received from the wellness podcast. But yeah, for some reason, some more people are listening to us. So we got to step it up a notch, I guess. So, but if so, if there are things that we've done in the past or that new new guest ideas or format whatever we're, we're always open to hearing those ideas you can send us uh, email you can call us up and yell at us you can uh, you know call greg and do that would be the first time call yeah. me for you know the praise yeah. <laughs> uh, but whatever you need to do uh, send us you know uh, twitter facebook let us know what you'd like to see different or some new things in uh, 2020 and we're, we're more than happy to make that accommodation yeah no that that was that was very very nice of our detroit to highlight the podcast it was cool it was cool to see that in in the media outlet of our little podcast here so we try. We try to get the word out. So, um, yeah, if, if you have any ideas, please feel free. It, we're we're very um, willing to to listen and make any changes that, that you guys want to listen to. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hopefully 2020 brings a lot of joy and happiness to, uh, to your life. And uh, make sure you stay tuned next week to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. 
Alright, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.